We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's just, it breaks up the flow of the game. It, it, and you kind of deal with it like the, the NFL is the worst with this oh, yeah. when they go to the review and you're like, I can't even remember when the last play was. No one wants to watch that. You know, we want to we want to see the call right, but not at the expense of just kind of ugling the process to where you don't want to even watch the game. Yeah, I, I think uh, just just let them play, let them hoop. It's probably the most cliche thing you can say, but let them hoop. Yeah, I mean, I think. Uh, well, Andy, would you rather see the ref call it tight or call it too loose? Like, which extreme would you prefer? I think from a, uh, a personal bias, as someone that played defense. Um, and couldn't score in real life, I'd always rather have the refs just let them play. Zaza Lu. <laughs> I'd always just just let them play out there. I, I think let the, let the players decide right what should be what should happen on the court. I think um, don't don't try to set the tone like you say, and all of a sudden nobody really knows what to do. Right? No, nobody really knows. Steph doesn't know if it's a foul or not. You know, Lou Williams is just jumping into three people. And here's the thing in terms of the play of the game, too. Do you really want Steph Curry out of the game in the first quarter? As an NBA fan, right? As someone that's maybe if you're Adam Silver, do you want James Harden picking up two fouls in the KD first minute? KD getting yeah, fouling out of a game? Especially a close game. A, a, a close game. Sorry. Yeah, no, I mean, they there shouldn't <laughs> be preferential refing for stars, but... I mean, end of the day, the ref shouldn't be trying to eject people either. So, I don't know. Uh, it is a concern for me, particularly with Houston, who probably plays the refs and kind of the margins with officiating more than any team in the, the NBA, and the Warriors have kind of had this problem all year. That is a concern for me that the Warriors will throw a game away because they get into it with the refs. Yeah, um, and, and to me, it seems like, well, let's talk about the good side of this. Draymond Green's been amazing this postseason. I don't think he's even picked up a tech yet. Yeah. Um, you're right. I mean, he's he's definitely matured. I mean, we, we talked a little earlier about him losing the 23 pounds in six weeks, um, <laughs> waiting for him to post on Instagram his new diet secrets. But um, Go to Coachella. <laughs> <laughs> Go to Coachella. You I don't think that's the way you want to do it. No, not that way. Okay. Uh, it's not good for a pro athlete. Uh, got it. Uh, but he has been very restrained, and honestly, he's been relatively restrained uh, the last couple years. It's kind of, you know, everyone's going to remember him in 2016, very notorious, ended up getting suspended for a finals game. But he has grown since then. Doesn't mean he won't fly off the handle here and there, but in general in these playoffs, he's been pretty subdued. Yeah. Yeah. He knows, you know, minus calling and one, you know, calling for an and one every layup. Um, you know, he hasn't really got into it with the refs. Is is there anybody that screams more for an ordinary play as much as Draymond Green? I love it, but... <laughs> yeah, I think uh, someone someone threw up a tweet that uh, Draymond Green finishes over a six-foot guard and immediately screams and one so everyone can know. <laughs> Uh, it's uh, it's funny. Hey, actually, four one five. Someone from four one five just texted me. I think this one's great. We haven't talked about this one. 
Uh, the Spurs front office guy, I think he means the Nets. Sean Marks from the, the, Nets, the uh, Nets, president of basketball operations yep. or GM. Look at Sam with the knowledge, baby. Went into the ref's locker room. He's been fined, suspended. I don't know how you suspend a GM. It's kind of weird, but that's how bad it is. Yeah, did you see that? Uh, I yeah. Know, I thought it was pretty wild. It, it's It was funny to me he went into the ref's locker room. Uh, that's not a customary thing. Um, there's always politicking with the refs. Uh, but they usually don't go into their locker room. Um, but yeah, no, it, it kind of speaks to a overarching frustration. It's not just the Warriors. I think most teams are dealing with it on some level that they just kind of don't know where the line is and they feel the refs are kind of uh, overstepping too often. Yeah, uh, we'll ask we'll ask Drew Schiller, who's coming in uh, next at around, let's say, 7.15. Uh, from 6.15. 6.15. We're going to 7. Sorry. <laughs> Programming note. Call in 888-957-9570. It's probably because we could go for another two hours, Sam. Text in Chill Auto Body. Text line 95795. And tweet in Warriors World Radio. Um, where should we go? Should we go Houston? More refs? Yeah, the Poe's up. The Poe's up online. It's Is Houston a better team this year than they are last year? Um and and Zach Harper, who was on last segment with us, did note that he did say that they're better. Um, uh, they're better last year. They were the worst this year. And uh, do you agree with that? Because I don't. How did they play against Utah last year? They played the same team essentially. I think this Rockets team's a little better on offense. And uh, Zach Harper, the athletic, might have been correct in kind of diagnosing it. It's mostly just that Harden's better, and everything just flows through him. But I do think they have a couple more weapons. Last year's team was. Uh, in my opinion, better on defense. You know, they they didn't really replace Ariza. You know, House does a good job. Uh, Austin Rivers can do a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but neither of them are Trevor Ariza defensively. Uh, but they are a little better on offense, and mostly I just think they're a terrible matchup for Utah, and that might be what it is because through three games they've looked dominant in a way they didn't look last playoffs. Last playoffs I thought they were a lot more um, kind of workmanlike going through every team, but not like really – blowing teams out consistently. Are they better offensively? I, I don't uh, it know. might just be a James Harden thing um, because he's uh, he's turning it over a little less. Um, I mean, what can you really say about him? I mean, we saw the year he had. Yeah. He's, he, yeah. he didn't get worse, that's for sure. <clears throat> he, he got better. He's a runner-up MVP, it looks like, or the MVP itself. I think the problem is Chris Paul. Last season, Chris Paul, I think, was a top three isolation player. I don't have the numbers in front of me right now, but he's he not was. a top three isolation player right now. And I think that's probably a, that's going to be a problem against the Warriors because if Chris Paul isn't the same player that he was last season, and keep in mind he did get hurt those last two games too, and Chris Paul did not play well last postseason against the Warriors. Now, everyone remembers the shimmy, but they forget he was 6 for 19 in that game. It's, he he, he yep. hit three shots in a row, which were big. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't like he was dominating the game. He was not. He was not that Chris Paul of the last regular season. He'll miss maybe this season. He he switches it up. Right. He's not great in the regular season. He's great in the postseason. But it's hard to see that happening. Um, so I, I think if Chris Paul is not going to be that good, if he's not going to have that type of series, no matter how good James Harden is, I don't know if that matters. And then on the other side, I just don't think Austin Rivers and Daniel House Moves a needle. <laughs> not defensively. Not defensively. Right, I, I think they have some offensive versatility, uh, maybe more shooting. But I think they, I think they needed more offense because if you recall, right. they didn't break a hundred after game two. Um, game three through seven, they scored between eighty and ninety-five. Um, they won game four and five 
by just defending harder than the Warriors. And I mean, they were good, but it wasn't because of the offense that they won. Yeah, well, that's a great stat. They didn't score 100 points after game two. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they were really good at slowing the game down, and that's what you got to do against the Warriors. So we'll have Drew Schiller coming up after the break, talk about Kevin Durant, Houston second round, 95-7, the game. Now back to Warriors World Radio on 95-7, the game. Here's Andy Liu and Sam Esfandiari. Does it again. Warriors World Radio, Andy Liu, Samus Fendiari, Bill Porter Robinson, can't go wrong, favorite DJ. Sam's shaking his head. He's not having it again. So we're going to have to talk basketball again. Yeah, deep sigh. Deep sigh from across the room. Well, it's better than discussing Coachella with you. So <laughs> um, if you want to call in, 888-957-9570 or text us on the Chilton Auto Body text line, 95795. Draymond lost 23 pounds in six weeks. That's gonna. That's the first question I'm gonna ask uh, Drew Schiller when he comes on uh, the Warriors Outsiders because uh, that doesn't seem uh, doesn't seem healthy. But also, I think is one of the reasons why the Warriors are this good every postseason. When you say um, flip the switch, that is, I think, the literal epitome of flipping the switch. Yeah, I mean, he literally just flipped his diet. Literally just flipped his diet. Uh, I think we have Drew Schiller on now. Drew, we got Andy. You got Sam. Sir, how are you doing? I'm doing well, and there's just no better way to close Easter Sunday than talking to you two hooligans. <laughs> how was the uh, How was the Warriors Outsider show, by the way? Drew Schiller, who's on TV every game. How was that? Uh, it was probably the greatest episode in the history of the show today. You oh. guys watched, right? I have a DVR to plan to watch it four to five times back tonight. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate I'm watching that. it over Game of Thrones, Drew. So, um, oh, now that's a mistake on your part, but uh, but I appreciate that. Got it. Got it. Um, okay, let's talk. Uh, let's talk Houston because we have a poll out right now. We're asking people, hey, is Houston better than they were last year? What do you think? Is a uh, that's a tough one to answer. Uh, you guys don't have faith that the Jazz will be the first team in NBA history to overcome a three zero deficit. You know, I'm going out on a limb here. I, I think Houston can get it done and close out the series. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, so, is Houston better than they were a year ago? Um, how about? I think it's possible. I think we're going to find out uh, very soon. Um, it's funny because everybody thought that losing Trevor Ariza was going to be like a really big um, loss, and I and I definitely was one of those people. But uh, Daryl Morey has has done a good job at, at filling out the roster, and uh, I think PJ Tucker has upped his game even more. Austin Rivers is giving them good minutes. Um, okay, I don't know if Houston's better, but I will say this: I am definitely more concerned from a Warriors perspective this year than I was a year ago. And I remember when um, we did a podcast together right before the series last year, and you guys were very confident that the Warriors were going to win that series in like five games. Are you guys a little bit more uh, worried compared to last year? 
I'm a little more concerned. Uh, they they pushed the Warriors seven games, so you have to give them respect there. Um, and the Warriors have kind of had this up and down complacency issue, even in the playoffs with the 31 point collapse to the Clippers. That uh, there is a possibility in my mind if they do not play hard and focused for 48 minutes, they can absolutely drop games to Houston. And Houston's too good for you to just start giving them games away. Yeah, and I think the concern is that this series is just going to sneak up on everybody. Last year, with it being in the Western Conference Finals, you know there was a, there was a large buildup. Um, you know, everybody was just kind of waiting for that series to to arrive, and then it you know there was this uh, you know a lot of time to break it down and to preview it and to to look ahead to the matchup. And this year. Um, I guess if the Warriors close out the Clippers on, on Wednesday, and if Houston does so on Monday or Wednesday, you know there'll be three or four days until um, Game One is here. But it just feels like it's happening, you know, one round too soon. Because I, I, I'm assuming we all agree that uh, Houston and the Warriors are the, are the two best teams in the West. And I know, Sam, it's really getting the way of your personal schedule, right? Yes, absolutely. Which is the most important thing. Um, on the Houston note, so one of the bigger themes of the playoffs so far has been the refs. Uh, you know, we've seen KD ejected with tax. Uh, it feels like every game of this series, uh, Warriors Clippers has had an endless amount of free throws. Um, Sean Marks in Brooklyn uh, got fined for going into the refs locker room because he was so upset with their officiating. Um, I look at Houston, a team who definitely plays to the refs probably better than anyone. Uh, does that add concern to you for this series? Do you think they're going to play a bigger part in it? Because I feel like they're calling this playoffs tighter than I've seen refs call any playoffs uh, in recent memory anyway. Yeah, I think that absolutely could be a variable, um, especially when, you know, when, you're, when you're going against James Harden and you know, if you end up getting called for some fouls that you don't agree with, um, you know, things could get, uh, could get a little ugly between the Warriors and the officiating. We saw it all season. Um, it will be very interesting to see if Steph Curry gets uh, the same whistle that James Harden gets. I think uh, history. Yeah, I wouldn't count on that. Not. Yeah, exactly. He he just doesn't get the same um, sort of calls that the other superstars get. Um, maybe the referees are punishing Steph though for him reaching so much. Like maybe that's what it is. <laughs> Steph does have a uh, proclivity, if you will, uh, to reach. Uh, especially when it the the situation doesn't it just just doesn't entail like you don't need to there's no reason right. to um, all right so let's talk about Kevin Durant Drew because Kevin Durant is what people talk about all the time uh, with the Warriors especially when the Warriors lose uh, they lost a 31 point lead and he received most of the criticism what have you kind of heard from the Warriors around locker team whatever it is what's the kind of vibe right now. Uh, around the team about you know Kevin Durant, about Steve Kerr, about the scheme, about those relationships. We're outsiders. We have no we have no information. <laughs> I don't know how would I know. We should find that. an insider. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, on our show, we we absolutely talk about all of the noise um, uh, frequently. Whenever there's any sort of article where where KD uh, is quoted talking about free agency or talking about the future or just talking about uh, his time with the Warriors. Um, it's definitely uh, something that we feel, um, you know, even though we don't want to speculate and try to, um, you know, guess as to what KD might have meant by 
anything that he says, um, it, it is still important to kind of take the temperature of where things are. And just from thinking back on the whole season and some of the stuff that uh, has been written and said, I think that to a certain extent, um, the Warriors players and the coaches are definitely tired of talking about it and thinking about it and then um, wondering what might happen. Um, we obviously all remember KD, uh, you know, getting upset at the media and uh, your boy Ethan Strauss uh, in particular. Uh, that, that was kind of the, the peak of it all. Um, but I, I, I think it's very fair to say that everybody is looking forward to the end of June and early July when we finally know exactly what's going to happen. And then, you know, the focus can, uh, can be back on, you know, what the Warriors are going to do next year, whatever decision Katie does. But I think it's pretty clear that uh, everybody is looking forward to getting an answer one way or another as to what Katie's going to do. Now, it's not all bad with Katie, not at all. He was brilliant in game three and four. Um, but I kind of want to take it back to kind of the post game two. He was kind of saying it was schematic stuff and the way he was being guarded for how he played like that. And Steve Kerr was kind of implying it was more kind of, he just needed to be more aggressive. You know, they weren't like scheming for him to be a, you know, fancy version of Iguodala facilitating. They wanted him to shoot more and kind of be more aggressive and be Kevin Durant. Um, my question for you is, after watching the last two games, which do you think it was? Do you think it was kind of a concerted schematic effort, or was it just kind of KD kind of figuring it out individually and you know taking over in the way he has for basically you know his whole career? Um, not to be politically correct, but I really do think it was a combination of the two. <laughs> um, the beginning of game two, very first possession of the game. It was a Steph KD high ball screen. Game three. They got Shamit. No, going back to game two. Okay. They got they got Shamit switched on to Durant. He caught the ball on the wing and for some reason, like almost hot potatoed a pass across the court to Clay Thompson and it got stolen other way. Uh Shay just Alexander gets a dunk. On the very next possession, he had Shamit on him. Uh and Shamit was able to poke the ball away and then Durant just sort of like passed it over to Cousins who missed uh a jumper. So that was, I think, the mindset that Steve Kerr was referring to when KD had his outburst in the first quarter of Game 3 when he just had he did have attack mode and he was trying to score, whereas in Game 2, right at the beginning, that's not the way he looked to play. Now, I also agree with Durant in his, in his explanation of how Beverly was crowding him, and whenever he put the ball on the deck, there were there was a second Clippers defender who would double-team. And so KD didn't want to force shots, and so he passed to the open teammate. So I really do think it was a little bit of both. But um, in Game 3, Durant just said, I'm, I'm going to shoot, and it just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if um, there's a guy crowding me. It also helped to have Andrew Bogut setting some nasty screens to get KD open. So, you know, it's, it's obviously been an interesting up-and-down series for, for Durant in terms of the narrative and uh, his mindset, but how about he just plays this way the rest of the way? Can we just agree on that? I think, I think, uh, I think that's probably what Steve Kerr said, huh? Yeah. <laughs> that's probably yeah. what Steve Kerr said. I, uh, so obviously, in game one against Houston, Durant's going to shoot seven times, right? <laughs> What's funny is because last year against Houston, Kevin Durant carried that team in a, in a game one win. 
he shot. I think he he, he scored. I don't know thirty thirty plus, and and probably shot like twenty twenty five times, and carried the Warriors to that win. That was one of the games where you almost felt like the Warriors had become inve- inevitable. I mean, they all they always seemed that way, but against a Houston team that was the one seed, it it, it was uh, it was the Kevin Durant show, um, and then from there it went downhill a little bit, but. Um, uh, but I think I think you're right. I think Steve Kerr would want them to to kind of sustain this. Drew, I got a question for you. You ever lose 23 pounds in six weeks? Um. Yeah. I actually I just finished the regimen. I'm. Uh, I go to I go to Soul Cycle with Draymond all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, I, I wanted to give you both um, some love. I thought that you, uh, Andy first. I thought that your future Laker Clay tweet was fantastic. <laughs> and then Sam, uh, IG fitness model Draymond, that uh, got definitely got a chuckle out of me during the game. You're welcome, Drew. Uh, you think he's sponsoring Fit T? You think Draymond's going to be sponsoring Fit T at some Tommy point? Tommy T. <laughs> Draymond, man, if he if, he should just not play during the regular season. Like he should sign a contract where it's just like I'm not going to play during the regular season, but then I'm going to be one of the five you know most important players uh, during the playoffs. Extend his career to when he's 40 years old. Yeah, well, he even had that quote, Drew, about 82-game players versus 16-game players. Now, the Warriors have the luxury of having, you know, not not having the 82 games matter because they're so talented. But once the 16-game series comes around, I mean, if the Warriors were a four-seed right now, they'd still be favored, right? It wouldn't matter what seed they're at. So the Cavs last year, they were the four-seed. Yeah, yeah. So... So let's 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 talk a little um, Bogut. Um, so Boogie is out for the playoffs, and uh, you know it's unfortunate, particularly given how much he had to come back from from the Achilles. You just feel bad for the guy. But the playoffs go on, and uh, are you concerned at all that the Warriors are kind of dependent on Bogut, who wasn't even in the NBA two months ago, Looney and? basically Draymond going small at the center spot, or is this kind of better for them? Because that's kind of like the ideal mix of players to have to play around the core. Uh, I think it's the latter. I'm not, I'm not too concerned, especially when you think about the, the path through the Western Conference um, at this point. Uh, I mean, Capella is, is a huge body, and you know you need to keep somebody attached to him for sure. And DeMarcus, who had a great game in Houston, um, you know, a, a month ago was incredible against Capella, and the Warriors obviously would have liked to have been able to to have a game or two against them where Cousins could just kind of dominate and um, you know punish Chris Paul on a switch and Eric Gordon or Harden or whoever. Um, but when you think about that series, um, you know, last year the, the Warriors were were at their best against the Rockets when when the, when it was the Hampton Five out there. Uh, Unfortunately, they didn't get to do that in games four through seven because Iguodala um, was hurt, and that kind of ruined everything. But I think the only way you'd be really concerned about the Warriors' front court at this point would be if, you know, unfortunately Bogut or Looney were to get hurt. I think that they are just fine with those bodies um, through the Western Conference, without a doubt. And then I guess when you, if you were to get to the NBA Finals, depending on who comes out. Um, Embiid's would be an absolute handful. Like that would be, um, you know, somewhat of a concern. And uh, Milwaukee. I mean, Brooke Lopez is good, but he's shooting a lot of threes. So um, it's not the end of the world. But it is just really disappointing that we don't get to see Cousins, um, you know, do what um, everybody thought he was going to be able to do against Houston and punish those switches. 
Yeah, I think uh, that that's disappointing just for the optics of that. You probably want him to get that contract uh, as well. Um, and we haven't heard from Cousins since then, Drew. So um, it's it's disappointing for sure. But uh, we'll get you out of here, Drew. Thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Absolutely. We'll do it again. Drew Schiller, Warriors Outsiders, going around the horn, talking about pretty much every single player. Sam, we got Bogut, Draymond, KD. We, we didn't get any McKinney talk in there. Um, well, we'll get drawn. Next week to talk about McKinney, maybe. <laughs> By the way, McKinney, one of those players that really athletic, and you would think he would move his feet a lot faster than he does because it seems like he fouls every time he's out there. Yeah, I mean, I think the Warriors had hoped he'd be further along in terms of his defensive growth this year, and it, it kind of hasn't happened. Uh, they do have him next year, so uh, you never know. He could get better. He has the tools to be a good defender. just hasn't really happened so yeah. far. Yeah, they might need him, too, next year. They might need him to actually be a player that's uh, relied upon for the whole season. So um, let's, let's, get, let's get back on the phone lines. Uh, from the, by the way, 510, also loving the EDM. Sam, read that? Yeah, thank you. I was ignoring that one. Uh, <laughs> we got Liam from Oakland. Liam, you want to talk about the Rockets? How's it going, sir? I'm doing well. How are you guys? Good, good, good. Hit us. Hey, we could talk to McKinney, too. You want to talk to McKinney? I got no problem with that. <laughs> no McKinney. No, no McKinney. McKinney, maybe 30 seconds. But uh, <laughs> hit us with the Rockets yeah. takes. Yeah. And, you know, you guys covered a lot of what I wanted to talk about with Drew. But um, I think, uh, you know, when it comes to the Rockets, first of all, I definitely see them as being worse than last year. Hmm. Um, the thing is, right now they're just healthy. You know, and they hadn't really been healthy for long stretches for most of the year. So, I think uh, the reason why they're looking pretty scary, I mean, not only are they embarrassing Utah for the most part, but um, they're just clicking, you know, and they finally had a few weeks to play together or a couple months now. Uh, Killed it down the stretch, obviously. So I think that's the biggest difference. Um, And you you, you covered it with Drew, but, you know, when when Boogie went out, that was my first thought. You know, I wasn't worried about how it was going to be against the Clippers, um, pretty much anybody else that's left in the West, but uh, he just killed Capella during the year. So, you know, I was really sad that should we face the Rockets, that uh, Boogie wasn't going to be around for that. But, but thank God for Boogie. Yeah, I mean, you you think that they're a better team without Cousins or with Cousins? Oh, I think we're better with Cousins. I just think, you know, I, I wasn't that scared. Nobody in the West really <laughs> scares me, I guess. Uh Without Demarcus, but um, just knowing that he pretty much owned Capella during the season, I was looking forward to him uh, having that matchup again. Yeah, no, and uh, and Liam, thanks for calling in, man. Yeah, I, I think uh, Warriors fans are spoiled the last five years. Correct, <laughs> because everybody talks about a margin of error. The Warriors have a massive margin of error without maybe, Cousins. Maybe the largest in NBA history. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you, yes. you probably have to go back to the 60s when it was like an 8-12 to yes. 12 team league and the Celtics had six Hall of Famers. Uh, but in a 30-team league, I mean, it's, it, it is an embarrassment of riches. And we're not saying this like, hey, the competition is terrible. That, that's no, not what not. we mean. Houston's a very good team, and in, uh, in other years they might, you know, they might be even better. When the champ- LeBron would probably have like six titles without the, the Yeah, be- well, quick, quick no from Sam. 
You know, but without the Warriors ever being a thing, let's say Draymond and Clay never became superstars and Steph would yeah, never became an MVP. You could say that with anyone. Yeah, if James Harden never becomes who he is, then what are the Rockets? I mean, that's that's just semantics. But in terms of how great the Warriors are, I think the margin of error has never been this high just because of how, how great the scheme is, how great the players, how great they work together. You don't see the perfect balance of that talent and chemistry together at once. And now we're seeing a little break in that chemistry, right? But we see the talent back up. Like we see the talent feed that margin of error and keep it that high because they have Kevin Durant. Um, And the thing with Warriors fans is they're so used to seeing the Warriors win, even when guys aren't playing well, that with DeMarcus Cousins out, it almost doesn't seem like people are saying, well, now the Houston is a problem. Right. It's more of, all right, well, what more do we have to do now to beat Houston in five instead of having cousins and still beating Houston in five or six or whatever it is. Right. Yeah, I'd I'd say you're getting a little ahead of yourself, though, because I do think this Houston team is. I don't know if they're better. I feel like they're playing better. They're peaking last year's team. um, I don't know if they were peaking going into the playoffs. I feel like they probably peaked mid-season when they were something like 40 and 6 or something ridiculous. They, they had some ridiculous stretch where they didn't lose a game when Harden, Chris Paul, and Capella played. I think they won like 30 straight when those three were on the lineup. Uh, this year's team, you know, they had the awful start. Then everyone got hurt, and Harden was putting up 40 a night to carry them. And they finally got healthy, and it might be a blessing in disguise for them. So from that standpoint, I think... I think they're gonna they're gonna match up better with the Warriors this year than they did last year uh, because they're kind of they're at their peak right now. They're at their peak, huh? I agree. Health wise, play wise, I agree with you. Yeah, and and last season, um, were they at their peak? They might have been fatigued. That's what people always say. They might have been fatigued. We so. got a, we got a question from the four one. I like this one. Offensive, Andy. Offensively, how do the Warriors approach the Rockets? On podcasts, give us plenty of thoughts. Give us something. Give us something. I'll let you go first. A, a fan of the Light Years podcast, huh? Love that. Love that. Loyal listener uh, of, of the Andy and Sam. Um, I, I think they approached the Rockets the same way they did um, they did last season. Uh, I, I, I think they want to run their base offense, which is the motion, the pinch post. They have variations of that. Last season, what happened was that got taken away from them, and they started running Kevin Durant isos. Sam, I know you're going to have a take here, but I think that same thing is going to happen. I think they're going to devolve into Kevin Durant Iso. They're going to do the same thing. But here's the thing. Here's the difference I see between this team. Steph is better than he was last year in the postseason. So I don't think that Houston can rely on a rusty Steph Curry in the second round here. And I think Andre Godala refreshed. He's better than he was last season. I just think the Warriors are better health-wise and that'll matter more than the scheme because the Warriors are going to beat you regardless of what scheme they run. So, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you. They're going to go through their base offense initially, um, and I think Houston's going to try to hold and kind of break them up off ball and have everything devolve to ISOs. Um, the question will be, if the Rockets are successful with that, how long it takes the Warriors to adjust. Um, I think we're going to see the Warriors go small more versus Houston. Um, and a lot more loony. I, I don't know how much Bogut we're going to see. Uh, we might see a lot of Bogut in game one, but I have a feeling by the time we get to game four, uh, it's going to be heavy doses of Looney and Draymond at the five. Um, 
And I kind of just they're at some point they're probably going to need to go a little more direct, a little more pick and roll kind of uh, Steph screening for KD. Never, never KD for Steph, huh? Like how you didn't go with that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Steph's a better screener than him. Um, and here's the thing too, and I think it's actually a little more of a nightmare to guard. Uh, because you have to go with Steph wherever he pops out to, and then um, you're scrambling with KD going downhill. Yeah, it's, a, it's a nightmare. Either, either way, way, either way, yeah. yeah. E- either way, it's unguardable. Here's the thing, though. I think they find offense out of the base offense. I think they find offense out of playing of Steph off ball. Well, I think they do more than last season. I just, I think last season they, they had they have settled into it a little more this year. Steph's more comfortable uh, in the role this year than I think he was last year. I think last mm-hmm. year when he go off ball for periods, uh, he'd have a hard time finding rhythm. Less so now. Um, I want to I wanna ask this one, Sam, for you. We're asking, this is from the 415, we're asking if the Rockets are better than last year. Are they what gonna, a, what yeah. about the Warriors? Do you think they're better than they were uh, now than they were last year? I don't. Um, I think they can be, but I think they're continuity ebbs and flows more than it did last year. Um, I don't know. Although they're healthier than they were last year. I take that back. Yeah. Um, What I'm really thinking about is two years ago. I think they're not as good as they were two years ago, which was the peak. And I mean, I don't think we're going to see a team go 16 and one in the playoffs (laughs) again. So uh, it's kind of moot. Yeah. I don't know that they're better than they were last year because everyone has a little more miles, but they are at this specific time, a little healthier, you know, stuff's not coming off of the knee. Um, Draymond looks the healthiest he's been in about two years, in my opinion. Um, Katie, I mean, Katie just it seems very durable in general. He's and also Katie's better than he was. Then he he's more efficient. Uh, he's a better passer. He's a better defender. He's really people. They don't, play on autopilot in, in many cases, which makes it look like they're not as good. But I do think they, yeah, I, I guess if you talk me into it, they're probably better than they were this day last year. This day last year. Yeah, I think. Uh, they're better today than they were Easter 2018. <laughs> um, and I think it, the other thing is everything that they've, they're dealing with off the court, um, everything that they're dealing with within the locker room, all that existed last season. All that existed last season, and they were able to play through it and win. It affected the play sometimes on the court, but I don't think this year is it's probably worse, but it's not so much worse where it, it does hamper them from getting out there and actually winning the game and playing well. So um, I, I think this team is locked in. I, that 31-point loss, was it just seemed really fluky. It's just one of those things you probably won't be able to explain. Um, and you're right. I mean, they're never going to be 16-17 again. That was a team that was happy. Yeah. Um, from the four one five, I think the Warriors need to worry about Chris Paul methodically picking them apart. And I think Houston will run out of gas. You can only play at that level for so long. This is why Kerr always harps on turnovers and rebounds in the possession battle. Houston's best chance of beating the Warriors comes down to the fact that they'll probably turn it over less than the Warriors. And they're just hoping that when the game ends, they'll have had 10 to 15 more shot attempts than the Warriors. And which at that case, yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're giving a team that talented 10 more shooting possessions, probably not good for you. Yeah, and... Uh, <laughs> um. With Steve Kerr, 
I think he also is he he also is willing to not break out of whatever he's doing until the last second. And sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes that's a bad thing. For Houston, it turned out to be a good thing. They kept running what they wanted to. They kept attacking Chris Paul. They kept. They wore him out. There's a reason why he got hurt. It wasn't a fluke injury. And there's a reason they missed 27 shots in a row, other than random variants. Um, there's a yeah. reason they couldn't break 100 for the last five games of the series. They were just, they were gassed. Yeah. And they play a very physically exhausting style of basketball. You think that's going to change this season? I don't think so. I don't, I don't think that's going to change at all. No, that'll be the interesting thing. Um, Harden, it kind of got swept under the rug. He didn't have a great series versus the Warriors last year. He had 41 in game one. And after game one, um, he shot 20% from three while taking 10 or 11 a game. Like he was just he was just chucking, and a lot of that's legs. When you're tired, your legs go. That's when you start missing shots. Uh, we haven't seen that from him this year. They might. Uh, some people who like the Rockets think playing the Warriors earlier benefits them because there's less of a yes. chance they'll be exhausted. Yes. Uh, let's talk about that for a second because uh, I think it works both ways. I think for the Warriors, they're locked in right now. And I think playing the Warriors, playing Houston in the second round works well for the Warriors. They're locked in. They're playing well. They're fresh. Although Draymond, we did see Draymond's cast. Did you see that? Yeah. Uh, I'm waiting to hear what that's all about. It was more of a, a splint, if we want to get technical. Ooh. It wasn't the soft cast, the LeBron post-press conference soft cast. It was more of a splint. Uh, but clearly, you never want to see that sort of thing. That's on the right hand, too, Sam. That's it's on shooting, shooting hand. hand. Yeah, that's the shooting hand, and let's keep in mind Draymond, someone that's shooting above thirty-five percent. He was almost at thirty-seven, I believe, thirty-seven, thirty-eight uh, percent for the last month of the season. Yeah, I mean, he he really did look like the Draymond of old, who could hit an open shot just often enough, and then just a lot more explosive going to the rim on top of being an all-world defender. These are, I think, the minor nicks and bruises that teams go through, but these are things that matter because if Draymond's not going to be a guy that is going to be willing to shoot threes, that's another. That's a problem. That's a problem in the second unit lineup. That's a problem in the death lineup, um, and it's something you got to worry about. Uh, somebody asked Sam in the 4-5, and five, he's asking about Jordan Bell, whether he's going to be net back next year. I don't think we're going to go into that, but I do want to go into Jordan Bell. He might see minutes. Yeah, he was uh, he was effective versus the Rockets in the second half of the series last year. Uh, he fits the profile of the type of big you have to play against them, which is someone who can switch everything, um, moves more like a guard than a than a big man. Um, obviously, his issue's been he kind of jumps everything, <laughs> and against a Houston team where Harden's going to bait you into fouls, that can be dangerous. Uh, there may be an opportunity for him, though. Uh, I think it really depends on Bogut. If Bogut can hang in this series, I don't know that he's going to get minutes because we know what Looney can do, and we know Looney's going to get 20-plus minutes against the Rockets, and we know Draymond's going to play small ball five for um, probably 10-plus minutes a game versus Houston just because of the way they play, right? Yeah, he's going to have to. Um, but I don't know if Bogut's going to be able to hang. That's the question. I don't know if he's going to be able to hang. And with Jordan Bell, yesterday I saw a lineup that Houston was playing where it's P.J. Tucker at the five, and then they had Daniel House at the four. I mean, Daniel- yeah, and I mean, if they go to that, you know the Warriors are going to counter with uh, Draymond at the five or, you know, at worst, or Looney. Looney. Yeah. They're, not going to, they're not going to have Bogut out there on Tucker. Yeah. Well, I just think that's where you can throw in Jordan Bell. And I think that Houston's True. willing to play those lineups small, which works in the Warriors' favors because the Houston, the best Houston lineup is a direct 
uh, carbon copy of the Warriors' best lineup. Rich. It's just worse players. From the 480. Where, where is 480? Do you know? Uh, San Jose? No, that's 408. Um, what about Iggy? Looks five years younger. He does. This Miracles is... of modern medicine. <laughs> Went to Germany, got the Kobe tree. I don't know. Um, he's looked phenomenal, and it'll be interesting to see how big of an impact he can make. You know, Warrior people will say that him missing those games is why the Rocket Series went seven. And considering the, the margin in those games, you know, it's hard to disagree. They couldn't go to their death lineup. They couldn't go to their best lineup without him. Um, he's obviously one of their best perimeter defenders, someone you think will be guarding James Harden for large stretches of the game. When he's not doing that, he's one of the best at sticking to shooters and making shots difficult without fouling. Um, yeah, I mean – how big of an impact do you think he's, he'll have? he's the best wing defender the Warriors have? Anytime, actually, KD's probably right up there just because KD's length is ridiculous. You can't do anything about that. But anytime Andre Iguodala is guarding Lou Williams, it's just total lock. It, it, it's it's a it's a shut off faucet uh, when he guards him, and it's Lou Williams a great player. So, I mean, he's a good yeah. he's a good offensive player. By the way, four eight zero is Arizona. Getting text in from Arizona. Thank you, Phoenix, <laughs> for the text. Um, Sick of uh, DeAndre Ayton <laughs> from the four one five again. Quinn Cook should not play in the Houston series. I don't really think he will. Uh, he might get minutes if Harden's not on the floor, but I can't see Kerr He's looking. He's going to play. Come on. I don't know. Game I mean, one. he didn't He didn't play today. Um, and Kerr takes the Rockets serious enough that he won't He won't play Quinn Cook, um, at least when James Harden's in there. I can't see him play because he knows they're going to hunt him for switches. The fact that you just said you think Steve Kerr is going to take him serious. We're talking about the postseason here. The Warriors are in the postseason. <laughs> the fifth year in a row, they're trying to win their fourth championship in five years. Um, you know, but you're right. Steve Kerr is someone that might play Quinn Cook in game one. And, and one thing I've noticed with Kerr, uh, he gives guys more leeway if he thinks he can, if they can hang defensively. Um, so he'll... Quinn Cook will play against uh, a Clipper team for a few games because there are matchups where you can play him defensively. But I don't know that he'll play against the Rockets because uh, that's just such a tough matchup for him. If the Warriors beat the Rockets, I could see Quinn Cook playing a lot against like a Portland or a, you know, a Spurs team where you don't have to worry about him being picked on as much. Can't believe we're ending the show. We got about two and a half minutes here left talking about Quinn Cook. Whew. Warriors World Radio, Andy Liu, Samus Fendiari. And we talked about Jordan Bell, too. Oh, man. We're going through the whole roster. We're really going through the whole roster. We've got Let's talk a little Jarepko. <laughs> we, we haven't got to him today. Uh, yeah. Didn't play today. Do you think he plays versus Houston? No way. No chance. Uh, that type of uh, – the, the thing about Houston is, I will say, that type of offense that they run, uh, they do pick on players. and they, they hunt mismatches. That's what you want. Like – they're really good at hunting mismatches. And the problem with Utah yesterday when Harden had three fouls is hunt that mismatch, right? Get Donovan Mitchell on James Harden no matter what and have Donovan Mitchell just blow by him. And they wouldn't do it because Utah runs a motion offense like the Warriors. So they went back and ran their scheme. And their scheme is dreadful because they can't score. They can't shoot. Well, and they have a bigger issue where I think they're the only team in the West in the playoffs that only has one player who can create a shot off the dribble. Think about it. Mitchell for all his inefficient play this series, and he hasn't been particularly good, he's the only guy on that team who can go get a shot when they need someone to get a shot. No one else in the West is that dependent on one person. Yeah, I mean, 
I'm, I'm, I saw Derek Favors go wide open dunk, and it just hit. It goes out of bounds. Rudy Gobert shooting left hand shots that are two feet on the side of the backboard. That's not a team that. And they had a bunch of open shots. I think he shot about 38 threes um, yesterday, and and you give the Warriors 38 threes. From the 707, Jarebko should have a bigger role against Houston. He's gritty, hits the boards, and stretches to the three-point line. I could see Kerr th- I could see Kerr throwing him out there if the Warriors' offense is clogged up and he just needs shooting for five minutes. But that's probably it. I really think it's going to be one of those eight-man rotation He's, series. Yeah. It's going to be the starters plus Looney, Iguodala, Livingston, and anyone who plays after that's going to be mostly because of fouls. Which, given the way this has gone, probably is going to happen. <laughs> We're going to see a lot of Alfonso McKinney. I mean, if Jurepko's going to play, he's going to play the five. He's going to be the center position. So, um, anyway, great show. Uh, we had Zach Harper on. We had Drew Schiller on. Uh, the Warriors are up 3-1. Uh, they play game Always five. Always a tenuous number for the Warriors. <sighs> Sam, I didn't, didn't tee you up for that one. But they, uh, they, they play game five Wednesday. They'll probably play Houston next this weekend. Sunday, Saturday, Sunday. If we they win. Be, if they win. And we will be back next week. 95.7 The Game, Warriors Radio. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.